0: Welcome to From Duck Till Dark Outside the Marvel Studios. An audio celebration of the films based on Marvel Comics characters released before and during the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Enough said. Facefront True Believers, this is George Soroy, and welcome to the latest episode of From Duck Till Dark outside the Marvel Studios, a celebration of all of the different Marvel movies that had come out before and during the run of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is part of the National Podcast Post Month Challenge, which is recording and posting an episode of a podcast every single day for 30 days. I have done this before. This is my third time doing it, actually. And my second time doing this theme, talking about all these different Marvel movies that were not part of the MCU. And it has been a blast going through so many of these and getting all the different tropes that were th- that were shown in other movies, especially the Fantastic Four movies, and shown up in Avengers. And not just Chris Evans, but a lot of the bickering that's there. There is quite a bit. That, that was able to make that transition from these Marvel standalone movies into Marvel Studios and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I believe that these movies really do need to be celebrated because they were the ones that provided the, they were the prototypes, basically, to see how comic book films can fly. And boy, did they. They especially, once they really kind of tapped into the right people to give us Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk, and then then in 2010, Iron Man 2, and then in 2011, Thor and Captain America, the first Avenger, and then in 2012, The Avengers. And man, it's it's such a great time to be a comic book fan, especially when you consider just how monumental that first Avengers film was, and then thinking about what's come since is just absolutely amazing. And one movie that I hold in incredibly high regard is the one that we're talking about this week, the Matthew Vaughn film from 2011, X-Men First Class. This wound up being the third X-Men movie that my father and I would see together. We saw X-Men the first time and he really enjoyed it. And then when we saw X two together, he liked that one even more. He he made a point to tell me that he really likes that fir- that uh, that first one, but this one just kicked its ass. And he was right; the second one is a huge step uh, further from that first one, from that first film. But since X two, the series has been taking a couple steps back. It relied way too much on action and was trying too hard to squeeze in two big stories and instead of letting one story be the main focus and just letting it breathe with X-Men the Last Stand and then it almost almost fell off a cliff with X-Men Origins Wolverine that uh, that the movie just angers me about the different directions it went it just came off just so just shoot for the lowest common dom- the lowest common denominator don't try to make it as smart as the other ones. And they succeeded on that end. But when Matthew Vaughn came on board for this 2011 film, he had some ideas. He had some ideas about doing a prequel and telling that story. And I love the approach that was made here. Granted, Fox said, don't be beholden to the previous continuity, just kind of make your movie, focus on that. That's what you really need to to work on. And he did that. He was able to uh, present us with a prequel that was so good and so much fun. And it gave it like this extra life to it. The fact that it took place in in the 60s and was able to rely on all the different fashions, all the different, sensibilities that came with the 60s and it, it, it introduced us to charles xavier james mcavoy as charles xavier in such an amazing fashion i i didn't know just how vain he was but i thought that was a great choice and then you have michael fassbender taking on the role of eric landshare aka magneto as we'll find out later on in the- just like the first x-men was a real coming out party for hugh jackman this was the coming out party for Michael Fassbender. He was amazing in this role. And thankfully, the script did not let him down. It played up so much of what he was going through. And I gotta give so much credit in the world to Kevin Bacon as Sebastian Shaw, the the gentleman who would try to try to utilize Eric's mutant powers for his own benefit and the way that he forced eric to try to move the coin that he has on his desk and threatening to shoot his mother if he doesn't do it by the count of three i thought it was it was a wonderfully tense moment that just oh, like i had so much so much love for this one and i i feel like i'm kind of like bubbling over a little bit just because the X-Men Origins Wolverine was such a bad misstep. But there's a a wonderful scene like about the halfway mark when uh, Charles and Eric are actually working together to recruit more mutants to their side. And they walk into a bar and there's Logan sitting there enjoying a cigar. And when they introduce themselves, he just simply says, go F yourself. And... I love that. Not only not only do I absolutely love it just because it's so fitting for the character, but that moment it basically took out X-Men Origins Wolverine from continuity and I could not be more grateful to to this movie than when it did that. Jennifer Lawrence was fabulous as as Raven and just everyone really Nicholas Holt want to be in a huge huge asset as the new Hank McCoy there was there was a really cool feeling throughout this whole movie and matthew vaughn's style really kept things going like he he kept it in this kept this great 60s vibe like i just basically say like from beyond the valley of the dolls it's my happening baby and it freaks me out that's basically like the way I felt with this. It was great to see the recreation of the Holocaust scene from the first film, which was very risky, but you can tell they were still not beholden, but respectful of the movies that came before by recreating that scene and doing a fabulous job of it. I could have sworn that they had just taken the footage and just used that, but they were able to incorporate the actor who's playing Eric in the later scene. And so what we got here is a real damn good movie. Just one that's a lot of fun, but it's also incredibly smart. And there's so much that goes into this one. And I mean, I could just keep going on and on and on about this movie, but at the same time, I want to wrap this up. <laughs> so the best thing that I can say is just go see it. I don't care what, what you may think regarding the continuity. This is actually... Um, the kind of continuity that the X-Men series does, I'm looking forward to telling you more about it because I have my own theories. I hope that they make sense to you and we'll see what happens. We'll see you know, like how the rest of this show goes. So all I have to say is just go see it. Just go see it. The acting in it is superb. The writing is crisp and it's and it just, it's got so much flavor to it. The effects look great. Kevin Bacon is a fabulous villain and he's just wonderful in this, he really is. And there's so much great stuff in this that just works so incredibly well. Yeah, I just gotta say, see it. Just go ahead and see it and lose yourself in, in it. And it's just such a smart, um, great example of what comic book movies can be. And so that's why I hold X-Men First Class in incredibly high esteem. And I hope you do, too, because it really is like that high watermark that so many other comic book movies were striving for. And this one felt like it was so effortless in grabbing that top spot and holding on to it. So I'm really looking forward to talking about our next movie. and um, But until then, please go ahead and check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash FromDuckTillDark. Any thoughts you post about the movies that are covered, I will happily read those thoughts live on the air so until next time this is george Soroy saying to all of you ever upward and excelsior i'll see you tomorrow